Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. I have taken a whole one down myself. Swing and a miss, strike three. Five strikeouts for Dylan. Here's a fly ball, right center field. Alvarez back at the wall, and he's out of room. It's a two-run home run for Lawler. So the double and the bomb. Sad Poodles right back within a run here in the fourth inning. Here it is to Riley. Runners on the move. Riley slams it deep to left field. Guriel will watch it go. Well, as you said, Gonzo, everyone on this club is only one swing away. There in the second, we showed you on the strikeout wild pitch by Corbin Carroll. And now Perdomo sends it to right center, and that'll get to the wall. McCarthy scores. Thomas right behind. Geraldo Perdomo makes it 15 to 13. Injury that year. 2021, just six carries. That's Wilson. Look how physical he is when he catches the ball, and he's free. 30, 20, inside the 10. Touchdown! That boy good. Wow! Big play by Johnny Wilson. Back up to the two now for second and goal. Borgay looking left all the way. Got his man. Touchdown Arizona State's Elijah Badger puts ASU back on the high side. Wildcats working quickly here. On first down, Delora steps up in the pocket. Throws to the end zone. Touchdown! David Peralta not being held on at first. He can get a big lead. O'Hearn playing way behind him. Wells, the right-hander, sets, fires. And this ball is hammered to center field deep. Heading back, Hicks to the track, to the wall. It's gone. A three-run home run. Jason Hayward. And the Dodgers strike first tonight. It's 3-0. With two doubles and two home runs. 1-0 1-0 pitch. He swings and drives one high and deep out to left center field. Friedel's going back on the track. Look it up. It is gone. And Wilmer Flores has done it again. A three-run home run here in the third. And on one swing, the Giants have tied the game at four. Bases clear, one out, top of the six. One-nothing Mets. 2-2 two, two to Freeman. Got him swinging. Nasty cutter down and in. Now Freeman chases. That's the second out. For Scherzer, his six punchy. One out, fourth inning, no score. Mets and Dodgers. Burlator nods. Yes, steals. Swing and a miss. 95 on the outside corner. Three strikeouts in a row for Verlander. And though it took a lot of pitches there against Muncie, you can tell Verlander's a lot better juju here lately with back-to-back outs. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the Wednesday, July 19th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7, the Diamondbacks 
Should they offer top prospect Jordan Lawler to the White Sox for Dylan Cease? Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks Part 2 is a time to say goodbye to Zach Davies. Florida State, is it a legitimate 2023 college football playoff contender? ASU and the U of A, what are your expectations for 2023? Back to the NL West, will three teams reach the postseason? MLB trade deadline buyers, who would be a better addition, Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday and moments we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15, our week-long college football preview continues with Florida State. Hassan Kasim will join us from the Tallahassee Democrat. 9.30 will be interactive action at 6.02. including the night that'll be a little local roundup in that segment. A wild Diamondbacks game last night. We'll get to some of the uh, highlights and lowlights from that. Also, the final segment of the Sports Center will be the National Roundup. That'll be top five from the MLB scoreboard. Then after the Sports Zone from 10 to noon, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. And that will include a British Open preview with Kayla and Alex Myers from Golf Digest. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with a KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, should the Diamondbacks offer their top minor league prospect, Jordan Lauer, a shortstop, to the White Sox for starting pitcher Dylan Cease? And Kayla is here and has the early returns. Uh, right now, no, leading the way at 67% of the vote. Yes, trailing at 33%. Lawler, the Diamondbacks' first-round pick of the 2021 draft. He was sixth overall. He entered yesterday hitting 243 with 13 homers, 39 runs batted in, and 26 stolen bases this season at AA Amarillo. Meanwhile, the 27-year-old Cease this season has a 418 run average but has 129 strikeouts in 107 and two-thirds innings. Cease is earning $5.7 million this season. He has two more arbitration-eligible seasons remaining before he becomes eligible for free agency. That's before the 2026 season. All right. The Diamondbacks outslugged the Braves last night. Arizona won 16-13, but they need to say goodbye to Zach Davies, who was pounded once again, basically. So do you agree with me? Should the Diamondbacks say goodbye to Zach Davies? Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question is uh, Florida State a legitimate contender to reach the 2023 college football playoff Final Four? And uh, Kayla once again is here and has the early returns. No, out in front, 85.7% of the vote. Yes, sitting at 14.3%. This is on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. FSU with uh, head coach Mike Norvell, a former ASU assistant, Picked by most to win the ACC in 2023, even ahead of Clemson. Uh, last year, FSU finished 10-3. and More on that in the next segment. In addition to the Twitter poll, anything college football certainly strongly encouraged discussion basically through the first week of January when the college football playoff uh, championship game will be uh, played. I think it's it's um, I think it's uh, SoFi, maybe? I'm not sure where it is. I think that... 
Maybe I heard that last week. Yeah, yeah maybe not. <laughs> Sorry. It, that, that first, it's the second uh, Monday in, uh, I think it's January 8th. Uh, I think I might have the date right. Second Monday in January. I'm pretty sure I have that right. Meanwhile, back on the local front, Pac-12 Media Day is this Friday in Las Vegas. Uh, the Pac-12 Media preseason poll, uh, actually, that's going to be revealed maybe today, sometime before Friday, I'm sure. But the uh, all-conference team, the preseason all-conference team, was announced on Tuesday. ASU and the U of A had zero players named to the first team. What are your expectations for ASU and U of A football in 2023? Meanwhile, spanning the globe, uh, the top three teams in the nationally West, nationally West, you tried to say, all scored. We mentioned the Diamondbacks 16 runs. The Dodgers won 10-3 at Baltimore. The Giants had 11 runs in Game 2 in their win at uh, the Great American Small Park last night in Cincinnati. Will three National League West teams reach the postseason? Meanwhile, back to the MLB trade deadline. The Mets are not expected to trade either Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander before the August 1st trade deadline, but let's have some fun. If you are a contending team, general manager of a contending team, decision maker for a contending team, which, Met, which Mets pitcher would you rather acquire, most want to acquire, before the trade deadline, Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander? And I actually just kind of stole that question from Alana Rizzo earlier this week on the network, by the way, so I want to give her full credit for that because I'm not smart enough to think of that myself. Meanwhile, also, in addition to all these outstanding questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That'll be followed by a preview of the 2023 Florida State football season. Of course, FSU now currently coached by former ASU assistant Mike Norvell. One of their key players is wide receiver Johnny Wilson, a former ASU player who I guess the phrase is he couldn't catch a cold. He basically couldn't catch a cold when he was here at ASU. Now he's considered one of the best receivers in college football and a NFL big-time prospect for next year's draft. So we'll cover all that in the next segment. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, it'll be phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060, plus the local roundup topped by the Tuesday night Diamondbacks and Braves Slugfest. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD2 100.7. Interact with Bob Kemp's poll question on KDUS1060.com. That's KDUS1060.com. And while you're there, check out Bob Kemp's bottom line at KDUS1060.com. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD2 100.7, your home of the Dan Patrick Show. 
live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. Florida State won 10 games last season for the first time since 2016, and the expectations are even higher this year. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in Sports Zone by Essen Kasim of uh, the uh, Tallahassee Democrat, and good to have you on the show. And let, let's start. Uh, you know, obviously they've added considerable talent under Coach Mike Norvell, Norvell, a former Arizona State assistant. When he was here as a young assistant, uh, assistant, he certainly didn't lack for confidence, maybe even cocky at times. So, how would you describe Norvell as he now enters his fourth season as the uh, Florida State head coach? Yeah, I think um, confident would be a correct term. Um, he believes in the team. Um, at a press conference end of the year, he he mentioned to us, you know, everyone in the media said, you know, didn't believe that this was going to be a ten-win team. But he kept saying, this was something the team believed in the entire time. This is something the team believed in the entire time. He's believed in his offense that's going to work in the ACC. He's believed in Jordan Travis. So he believes in this product. And we're seeing, like, you know, it pay out in on the field and in recruiting where they've been on fire of late. They also, you know, the Arizona connection, Arizona State connection continues. They have uh... – the roster includes Johnny Wilson, who began his career here. Uh, he had issues just catching the ball when he was here. Needless to say, he's gotten a whole lot better in that area. Uh, talk about his rapport in Tallahassee uh, with uh, quarterback Jordan Travis. No, um, Johnny Wilson was someone that was identified as a breakout player last year. And it was that Louisville game where he broke out, kind of took over after Jordan Travis went down, where he, he made a national name for himself that people got to know who he was. And then slowly he's improved that you mentioned the drops. It's still a little bit of an issue from here and there. He will drop an easy one. Then he makes a ridiculous catch against Oklahoma that sets up the game-winning field goal in the Cheez-It Bowl. So he has all the talent in the world. Him coming back, I think he worked himself into like you know a second-day pick if he wanted to last year after the Cheez-It Bowl, but Coming back, he probably has a chance to work himself into the first day and a, a first day draft discussion to the first round. We'll see how that plays out because that size and speed he has is elite. Not many people, uh, players in the NFL can match that. But it's just you know confidence and making sure he finishes catches. And Jordan Travis and him formed a great duo um, second half of the season. Where in the first half, Jordan Travis was spraying the ball around more. The second half, he really locked into Wilson as his um, go-to receiver in key moments, third down, um, in the red zone. He, he became the go-to target. So that that rep um, really grew as the season went on. Travis was actually the highest-graded offensive player uh, in the ACC last season by Pro Football Focus. How's he been able to you know, develop into this good of a college quarterback? He wasn't nearly this good when he got there. Yeah, I think a lot of credit goes to um, Norvell and then um, quarterback's coach, uh, Tony Tokars, who have worked with him um, and just really built his confidence up. He still has the rushing ability, which we saw you know, the first few years, and then they get a special display against Florida where he broke a couple tackles and got into the end zone on what should have been sacks. But um, – he has definitely grown confidence throwing, and of course, it helps to have the weapons around him. You know, last year, um, Johnny Wilson, Ontario Wilson, Trey Benson was the most elusive player according to Pro Football Focus. So, having better weapons, a much better improved offensive line, has helped him improve in that aspect as well. 
that leads exactly into what I was going to ask about next. I mean, the offensive line was awful uh, before Norvell arrived, and you know, really maybe his first couple of years it wasn't particularly good. But last year, the the, the ACC and rushing, you know, other than talent, are there some you know, issue some reasons that they've gotten so much better in the offensive line? And I assume that uh you know with several guys returning and you mentioned at least with the you know with the, I think a couple of running backs how's all that going to work i would assume rather well <laughs> yeah i mean i think you mentioned what the key there is um a future head coach in um alex atkins um the offensive coordinator offensive line coach who has um re-ramped, re-ramped that room has got players to come in and buy into his philosophy of you know working hard not taking plays off in practice he is on those offensive linemen as hard as anyone has seen coach someone, but he loved those guys as well. So I think that's a key for them is just how Atkins coaches them, how he's coached them up, how he's got them to believe in the system and just be better players. I don't think it's the most physically talented um, offensive line room. I think it's probably the hardest working in ACC, though. Meanwhile, flipping this to the defensive side, Jared Verse decided to return and not leave for the NFL what stands out most about his game and what's his return mean for the rest of this defense? Yeah, no, I mean, um, I'm not sure you put Florida State as a top contender without the return of Jared Verse. I think that has helped a lot. He is someone who will get to the quarterback. He's shown improvement in the run game. I think that's where he needs to get better. But um, one thing Norvell said he wanted to see improve from um, Verse this year was his technique because the guy is a great player. He's a lives off his skills, but he's in, and that's something that was noticeable in spring practices. He's gotten his technique has been better. He's getting to his stance, getting out of it much quicker. So it'd be interesting to see if he how that translates into the game to see if he could take that to the next level, become a better run stopper, become someone who's a because there'll be more double teams this year where teams know who he is and well and identify him. So if he could beat that and still make an impact where he's locked in as the guy that everyone's watching. It could make for interesting to see how much he improves and what it does for his draft stock. Linebacker in the secondary. You know, they have some returning starters, but does that back seven have enough depth to survive the season? For defensive backs, I think um, I think so. They have some decent starters in, Jack, um, in Jones, in Central Cypress, um, a Virginia transfer. Um, and Greedy Van, and a few others. And they have some freshmen that I think could probably make an impact and play a little bit this year as well. For linebacker, that's the weakness of the um, defense and the weakness of biggest weakness, I would say, in the team. They do have some talent in Taylor Batum, who's returning, DJ Lundy, and a few others. But then they have to lean on a lot of freshmen to play as well, um, potentially. That's where the potential, where I could see a pitfall for defenses, how they defend the pass, because that's some – on um, running backs or if a wide receivers matchup and they struggled a bit last year, that could be interesting to see how that plays out. FSU, they've got 11 guys uh, that made uh, some level of an all ACC team from last year. But going back to my depth depth topic here, uh, you know, the depth is, is that a question again for the, really the entire team this season? Is that maybe something that Norvell hasn't quite had enough time to build up? Yeah, I think that's one thing is um, why I've called Florida State a playoff contender, but not a national championship contender. I don't think they have the depth of a Ohio State, Alabama, or Georgia. I think the starters could just be good as just as good as them as those three teams. 
But then, you know, football is an injury sport. So one injury away from if Trey Benson goes down, I'm not sure who you trust to be their lead back. If Johnny Wilson goes mm-hmm. back, is there? Um, I know they had Deion Coleman, but is there a wide receiver that you're scared of on, in a one-on-one matchup? If Jordan Travis goes down, obviously that's the season. I think that's true for most football teams is if your starting quarterback goes down, yeah. um, you're looking at a rough patch. But um, the same, same thing on the other side of the ball. Cornerback, I think they have enough depth. Linebackers, defensive line. is Linebackers is a question mark. Defensive line, they have loaded that room. Offensive line, they've loaded the room. So, And in tight ends, they've loaded the room. So they have some positions where the depth is, could match up, but then there's key areas like linebacker or obviously quarterback, running back, wide receiver that you kind of question, like, what happens if there's one injury to your top player? Okay, so what else should we be talking about regarding FSU, and, and what's uh, what would be some of the other keys to the season? Like we cover a few things, but uh, maybe we left some stuff out here. Yeah, I mean, um, I would mention the transfer the transfer edition of Keon Coleman, who has been um, have heard reports of how he's fitting well, has looked explosive. Could be interesting fit next to Johnny Wilson. I think Coleman comes at six three, six four. Johnny Wilson six seven. So. That is some nice height, some, you know, winnable jump balls up there for them, for Jordan Travis, if he's in trouble. You have the tight end room with um, Jaheim Bell, was a, a great addition from South Carolina, who I've um, a little bigger, but and not the same exact player, not the same skill set, but Norvell coached um, Tony Pollard and Antonio Gibson at Memphis, who are two players that um, I keep coming back for Bell as someone he could use in versatile option as out of the backfield, as a receiver, as a blocker. I, I'm excited to see what, how he fits into the offense and how he is used based on what Norvell has done in the past with players that have a similar skill set, Swiss Army Knife kind of player. And then um, other thing is, you know, who's going to be the backup quarterback? This is an interesting battle. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Travis is a starter, one of the elite players in college football heading into the next year. But who's behind him? Tate Rodmaker came in against Louisville, did well last year, but he has not been promised a backup role. A.J. Duffy's been... Um, battling him and the freshman Brock Berlin um, not Brock Berlin sorry Brock Lynn Brock Berlin is a, another player I, great player I remember him but, um, I remember him <laughs> <laughs> Brock Lynn is a freshman who is um, really impressed during spring so could he, if he works himself into the conversation then you're looking at someone as a backup you're looking at some, him as someone that could potentially start as a sophomore and take over when Travis leaves after the season Okay, schedule-wise, FSU doesn't play in uh, UNC or Duke in the regular season. Does open, obviously, this regular season or the season against LSU. So, um, you know, assuming that that goes okay, does this regular season come down to September the 23rd at Clemson? I think so. I mean, I think the, I think the interesting thing about that with ACC doing its divisions this year is they could, if, yeah. as long as they beat LSU – they can afford to lose that Clemson game and get them in the ACC championship game and still be fine. So I think they have to go one and one um, against LSU Clemson in September to keep their hopes alive. Obviously, if they're two and zero, I think they're in the driver's seat and are a, fav- a very a heavy favorite to make the college football playoffs. All right, so they lost last year in Tallahassee to Clemson, thirty-four twenty-eight. So what does FSU need to get uh, to do to get over that Clemson hump, so to speak, this season? It's the middle five, um, middle five of um, the end of the, the last five minutes of the first half and first minute, first five minutes of the second half is where um, 
Clemson, I believe, scored three touchdowns and took just dominated yeah. that span. Other than that, Florida State was pinging with them and actually leading. So I think you got to clean up that up, no turnovers, and just play a better game in those ten minutes of game time between at the end of the first half and the start of the second half. And I think they have a real shot to knock off Clemson on the road. Obviously, you got to battle um, that Valley, which more than likely can be a night game. Night game, so should be interesting. Okay, so back to Mike Norvell. Does he need an ACC championship this season to silence the critics, so to speak? I think he's earned himself um, that silence, but I don't think he's going to be in the hot seat again, but I think um, people are going to start questioning again if he's a coach at this level. So I do think an ACC championship would help, you know, prove that he belongs at the level and um, put him in some higher lower as an FSU coach. Sounds great. This has been great. We appreciate it. Uh, if this doesn't, if this goes well for uh, FSU, I'm sure we'll be checking back during the regular season. So thanks much. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. Thank you very much. And uh, that's excellent. Uh, you know, FSU, a lot of ASU background there, obviously with uh, Norvell and uh, and Wilson. And uh, once again, thanks to Hassan Kasim of the uh, Tallahassee Democrat. Excellent uh, info there from him. Looking forward to FSU playing that first game against LSU. That should be fun. And speaking of LSU, we will preview them them tomorrow in this segment. The next segment today, it is phone call time. 602-260-1060. And then the local roundup. That will include, uh, you know, some... uh, things that stood out. I mean, I've only got like a 10-minute segment here in the next segment. The damn game was like 100 to 98 last night, the Diamondbacks and the Braves. But uh, a couple of things stand out to me, so we'll get to those in the next segment a little bit about today's or tonight's game, which, uh, you know, I'm guessing probably should have like under 29 runs today if you can get a line. If it says, uh, you know, the over-under total is 29, I would... I would uh, I would be willing to bet the under on that, which is now now means, of course, it'll now go over the total. Anyway, phone call time also in addition, so feel free to interrupt if you'd like in the next segment. 602-260-1060. You're listening to Sports with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060, KSLUX HD 2100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time if you'd like to contribute, 602-260-1060. And we'll get to those phone lines in just a couple of seconds here. But first up, it was a shootout in Atlanta last night. As the Diamondbacks, who couldn't score a run. Actually, they really hadn't scored much in the previous 10 games, quite frankly. But last night, the Diamondbacks were one of an MLB record 12 teams scoring at least 10 runs in one day. That's, as I mentioned, that's an all-time record. For MLB, the bad news is Zach Davies was a big reason the Braves scored more than 10 runs. Meanwhile, let's start with the good. Christian Walker, who we mentioned uh, earlier this week, was hitting 198 in uh, the month of July. Uh, that was before Tuesday. Uh, he was 3-for-5 with two homers and five runs batted in last night in the Diamondbacks' uh, 16-13 to victory 
as it turned out. The bottom line for me, though, last night is the Diamondbacks need to move on from Zach Davies. Before last night, the Diamondbacks had lost his previous six starts. Last night, he allowed nine runs on eight hits, three walks, only struck out one in three and two-thirds innings. His season-long run average is now 7.38. He has a horrendous whip of 162. The Diamondbacks, remember, and it's been a while, but earlier this season, early in the season, they released Madison Bumgarner because he was not good. And, in fact, he was so bad that he's never caught on with the team since. The Diamondbacks need to say goodbye to Davies. They right now have a better chance to go with a bullpen day. Uh, they have a better chance to win if they just went with that as opposed to Davies, who, as I mentioned, he's been awful. Gave you the numbers to back that up. All right, the bottom line, last night the Diamondbacks had their uh, four-game losing streak end. Uh, they had also lost 10 of their four, uh, previous 14 games. Uh, personnel news, Torrey Lavello did deliver a Merrill Kelly update on Tuesday. He will not be activated during the current road trip, which concludes Sunday at Cincinnati. Uh, Kelly is next scheduled to throw another simulated game. There had been speculation that Kelly would return during this nine-game journey to Toronto, Atlanta, and Cincinnati. Uh, he's been out with a blood clot and his calf since uh, June the 24th. Uh, Kelly, upon his return, could obviously replace Davies in the rotation. Meanwhile, up next, um, uh, like I said, I'm, I would be like to, I'd like to find a place I could bet under 29 runs today. I'll take my chances. Uh, his pitching matchup tonight in Atlanta, Ryan Nelson, 5-5 five and five with a 498 run average against Charlie Morton, who is 5-6 uh, and six with a 320 run average. Morton, uh, I'll get to him in a second. First up, Nelson uh, did not factor in a decision in his last start. Uh, that was Friday, the first game after the break at Toronto. He pitched fine. Uh, one earned run in five and two-thirds innings. Uh, the Diamondbacks lost that game later uh, in that contest. As far as Morton, he's had some very good starts this season and some not-so-good starts this season. More good than bad. Obviously, a 320-earned run average is fine. Matter of fact, it's pretty good. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's, he's a curveball machine, uh, so we'll see how that goes. He gives up some home runs. He also gets a lot of ground balls, and they have a very good infield defense, even though they did not play good infield defense last night, Atlanta, against the Diamondbacks. Uh, the other thing is, um, as far as uh, you know, back to Nelson for one thing, uh, one quick thing, uh, he faced the Braves earlier this season. June the 3rd at Chase Field. He allowed three runs in four and uh, two-thirds innings and was a losing pitcher in that particular game. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Matt and Phoenix. Hey, Matt, what's up? Bob, how are you? I'm good. Good, good. Um, yeah, so the Cardinals beat the Falcons last night, 16-13 in a, in a barn burner. No kidding. Um, hopefully the Cardinals, the couple of the Cardinals can score 16 points in a game this season. <laughs> um. <laughs> Quite an entertaining game. Uh, I, I I thought to myself, I, I, I missed the chance. I was going to actually look and bet the game over, and then it had already started. And uh, was kicking myself after the first inning, especially yeah, considering seven runs the, up, seven, yeah, yeah, seven five in the with, first, right? With no outs reported, <laughs> I think. Um, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Right. That, was, that was impressive. But I thought it was a, I thought it was a, as much of a big win as there can be, and. In mid-July, considering the 
um, fact that they kept battling back, considering they haven't obviously played well for, for a few weeks now. So um, uh, I'm interested to see how it goes tonight, considering both bullpens are taxed. So is this a game where no matter what, the starters kind of eat innings and, and just kind of get out of there without using a lot of arms? I actually think the you know, the Braves bullpen's more taxed than the Diamondbacks. You know, the Diamondbacks had a day off. Well, so did the Braves, for that matter. But, you know, they used a lot of their front-line guys last night, including Iglesias right. in the ninth inning, and that obviously didn't go terribly. That wasn't all Iglesias. You know, they, that could have been a three – that could have been a three-up, uh, three-down inning pretty easily, and yeah. uh, you know, obviously the Diamondbacks took advantage of a, you know, blue pit and then the air by Olson, which should have been an inning, should have been a double play uh, on that. You know, so, so there's that. So I think the Diamondbacks are in better shape pitching wise. I, I'm not taking too much into whether last night was a big win or not, but uh, you know, it's also. Humidity and uh, high temperature in a lot of the uh, you know a lot of places, and as I mentioned, there were twelve teams that scored ten or more runs in Major League Baseball last night, which is an all-time record for all-time record for one day. Um, I want to bring up a couple names for you for the Diamondbacks. I don't know if they necessarily match up, but what about Jordan Hicks and Jordan Montgomery from the Cardinals? Is a couple of guys that uh, the Diamondbacks maybe should be considering. I'm not crazy about Hicks. Um, he's just got you know, way too many times you don't know where he's throwing the ball. He doesn't That's know fair. where he's throwing the ball. Uh, so I'm not sure that he would be – if they're going to go out and get a, you know, a guy to close a game, I would prefer to get somebody who has been more reliable in his career from okay. – uh, not necessarily you know, year to year is kind of an iffy proposition for closers anyway – but yeah, from absolutely. day to day, um, I don't think that Hicks even falls into that category. He's had some good moments here on a really bad team. That's another thing. He's pitching for a really bad team. But uh, yep. I don't know if uh, he's not in a pressure situation, I don't think, even though you know, hopefully he has enough uh, self-respect uh, you know, and you know, you know, love of the game, et cetera, that it's a big deal to him. But that I'm, I would be against, not totally against it, but not thrilled about it. And I wouldn't give okay. up a whole lot for him, quite frankly. Yeah, I would and not give. They're both uh, unrestricted free agents, so. Right now, Montgomery's the other the other side, though. I mean, he's he's been really good. I mean, he's he had has. quality starts in six of his last seven starts, and uh, he's left-handed pitcher, and that never hurts. Um, and you know, even though this division there's not that many left-handed, you know, Freeman, Soto, yep. but there's really not. You know, the Giants, I guess, maybe Conforto because he's yeah. you know, actually played pretty well here lately. But yeah. uh, and unfortunately, their first baseman got hurt last night. The Giants. Uh, so that's another one of their uh, Wade Lamont Wade. He had to leave the game last night. So and uh, it seemed didn't seem too serious. But anyway, that's you know, their kind of their left-handed stud that immediately comes to mind. Uh, but uh, it's not like uh, they're going to be. Then again, there's fewer division games too. So maybe that's just a bad way for me to look at it. Yeah, I was just thinking about a guy who can give him some quality innings. He's actually pitched better yeah. than the numbers would say yeah. if you look at the advanced stuff and you'd be a nice fit okay. and guy you probably don't have to give up a ton to get yeah i'm okay for that i mean you know the dylan cease thing was out there over the weekend and uh, 
you know, the, the White Sox reportedly would be looking for Lawler, and I don't, I don't blame the White Sox. I mean, you know, of course not. Cease is going to be one of the most, you know, sought after pitchers. You know, every day there's a new Dylan Cease rumor out there. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, the White Sox should be asking for, you know, top prospects in return for him and, you know, several, several of the other players that they're going to be trading. <laughs> Yeah, Giolito didn't do himself any uh, any favors. No, it wasn't good. Yeah, I'm um, sure that uh, I assume there were some scouts uh, from other you know, contending teams in the ballpark last night when he got bombed by the Mets of all teams. Yeah, of all teams, uh, you get yeah. got to have some questions if you get dominated by that lineup. So that is that is uh, that, lastly, that is a, how about that's David an Robertson? issue. How about David Robertson for the Diamondbacks? I'd much rather have him than okay. Hicks. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's not well, even the close. The Mets will take Corbin Carroll for uh, for David <laughs> Robertson. How about that? I don't think I would do that. Uh, how about how about Zach? Da- how about Zach Davies? Absolutely <laughs> not. Okay, just try it. I appreciate you it know, always, can, Bob. Take care. They, okay, take it easy. Thank you very much. Not a big Zach Davies fan, obviously, at this point. I think he seems to be like a nice dude, but I don't think he should be pitching any more games for the Diamondbacks, as I mentioned previously. All right, uh, the, a couple other quick things here uh, from the uh, division. Uh, the, uh, the the Dodgers and the Giants were amongst the teams with 10-plus runs last night. Uh, Jordan Hayward hit a three-run homer during a five-run second inning. The Dodgers beat the Orioles 10-3 last night. Michael Grove actually had his second strong outing in a row uh, for the Dodgers. He had been really bad before that, but... Uh, with uh, 12 pitchers on the injured list now for the Dodgers, 12 uh, pitchers on the injured list, not all starters, obviously, but 12 pitchers, including guys, five guys who have started games, uh, Michael Grove's kind of become an important player, an important starting rotation piece for the, uh, for the Dodgers. So they, they win last night. Um, the, as far as the Giants, they actually won, quote, twice yesterday. Uh, they had the suspended game for Monday night against the Reds. They ended up winning that game 4-2. to two. Uh, Jock Peterson had the uh, yeah, tie-breaking 10th inning double in that game last night. In the scheduled game, Casey Schmidt, who is a uh, you know, heralded prospect, much better. He's a tremendous defender. Hasn't hit very well. And the Reds pitching staff walked him with the bases loaded. That was the go-ahead run in the three-run seventh inning last night. And the Giants beat the Reds 11-10. to uh, The Giants have now won seven consecutive games. They've now won 20 of their last 26 road games, which is difficult to do, but uh, that's pretty impressive. Uh, meanwhile, the Reds uh, have uh, continued uh, their losing streak, their season-high losing streak now at six games. And uh, that was uh, yeah, Wilmer Flores, former Diamondback, homered twice for the Giants last night. Uh, uh, off of a uh, former Diamondback, Luke Weaver. Uh, unfortunately, Weaver left the game. Uh, he got hit on the non-pitching arm with a line drive, and it looked bad. I did not sing uh, last night after the game or today about his status, but it didn't look good. I, I immediately thought he might have a broken arm, quite frankly. He had drilled by a line drive in that game. So uh, Weaver, who has not been good for the Reds, but until last night they'd actually won six or seven in a row with him pitching. Uh, his earned run average is like six, uh, but the Reds have scored an incredible amount of runs when he's actually been out there. All right, coming up next, we'll wrap up today's Sports Zone 
with the National Roundup. That'll be after Corey's sports update. And uh, the National Roundup will include a little more from the MLB scoreboard last night. Time pending, we'll get into a little uh, you know, you know, rip from the headlines slash from the wire. And then really time pending, we'll get into some of the games for today in Major League Baseball, which are already underway. In fact, a couple, at least one game I know is, well, I'm not sure if they're, I assume they're playing. Now, there were some rain, rain forecasts for a couple of places in the uh, Midwest and East Coast today. So, but uh, there was supposed to be a game start, uh, like at the bottom of the hour. So I'll double see if, see if that's actually happened or not. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD 2 100.7. HD Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. And from the MLB scoreboard last night, the Rangers once again beat the Rays. All-star right-hander Nathan Evaldi, his velocity was way down, but he pitched two hit ball over six scoreless innings. So he, yes, he tricked his way through. Uh, now he leads Major League Baseball with 11 victories this season as the Rangers, the leaders of the NL, uh, excuse me, leaders of the AL West. Uh, they defeated the Rays, the leaders of the AL East, 5-3 to three last night. Simeon and Seager. They continue to just bash. They get home runs last night. Uh, the Rangers have now won five consecutive games. On the other side of things, not so good for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. They are now 3-10 and ten in the month of July. I think their lack of uh, starting pitching is definitely coming back to bite them now. Meanwhile, the Yankees lost again last night to the Angels. Shohei Otani, an RBI triple. Mickey Moniak hit a two-run homer. Patrick Sandoval, of all people, two-hit ball into the eighth inning, which is another example of how bad the Yankees' offense is because Patrick Sandoval most days is not very good. But he was last night against the Yankees, and the Angels won 5-1 to one, uh, to win, to, uh, win a, yet again in that series. Moniak, three hits last night. Uh, that's one more than the Yankees had. I uh, also drove in three runs. The uh, Angels have now won three straight after they had lost 10 out of 11. Uh, the series victory for the Angels, the first for them since June 16th through 18th against Kansas City. And uh, Los Angeles back at 500. I don't know if that'll may matter whether they trade Shohei Otani or not. Meanwhile, rip from the headlines, slash from the wire. Aaron Judge might be back soon, maybe. Aaron Boone, during his weekly appearance on Talking Yanks, that's a podcast, said the judge is getting close to a return from the injury that he suffered back in uh, early June. Paul Skeens got paid the uh, first-round pick of the 2023 Major League Baseball draft, $9.2 million in his contract signing yesterday with the Pittsburgh Pirates. That contract becomes uh, the number one contract of all time for a draft pick. It broke the record set by ASU alum Spencer Torkelson in 2020. Uh, and uh, with the, uh, the Tigers, he signed for a mere $8.42 million. Meanwhile, the Padres, 
two more uh, really no necessary roster moves. They DFA'd yet another player that probably shouldn't have been on their team to begin with. Uh, they designated inferior Rugnit or Dor for uh, uh, assignment, and also they demoted star, mostly starting catcher Austin Nola to AAA on Tuesday. Also heard through the grapevine, you can add the Astros to the teams that are targeting White Sox pitcher Dylan Cease, who, of course, is part of our Twitter poll question today. And from the NFL, bad news, really bad news for the New York football giants. Starting inside linebacker Gerard Davis, who is a, really a key player in their base defense, he's out for the season. He will not play this season. Uh, he was placed on injury reserve yesterday by the Giants. Uh, he has uh, had knee surgery, and he is done for the year. Meanwhile, so games for today. Now, yeah, let's go nationally west here. The Dodgers uh, in Baltimore conclude their series at Baltimore. Uh, Urias against uh, Kramer in both those. Yeah, Urias was tremendous in his last start. Uh, Kramer's actually been very good for a few starts now for the most part. The Dodgers and Urias. A 145 roughly favored in that game as they try to sweep the series at Baltimore. San Diego, excuse me, San Francisco is at Cincinnati. Uh, that's uh, Stripling against uh, you know, somebody I've never, oh, I'm sorry, Ashcraft. I know him. Uh, Stripling against Ashcraft, and uh, that basically, that game's basically a pick 'em. And then the Diamondbacks tonight at uh, Atlanta. As we mentioned earlier, Ryan Nelson against Charlie Morton. And uh, the, uh, the Braves and Morton, a heavy favorite, more than two to one favorite. I see even some 225 uh, out there, and as far as Nevada goes, as far as the, tonight's game, as far as the Braves and, and Morton being favored. All right, stay tuned. The next hour, two hours, it's the extra point hosted by Cale. That include a British Open to preview and more phone call time. 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.